The Trevor J. Brown Show. The Trevor J. Brown Show is meant for an adult audience. An adult audience. The Trevor J. Brown Show may contain explicit language and topics. Explicit language and topics. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. Be a part of the show and email us at inherentdream at yahoo.com. And now, your host, you guessed it, Trevor J. Brown. It's the show. It's my show. It's the Trevor J. Brown Show. Thanks for tuning in on this Friday evening. Be sure to join us in the conversation. Facebook.com backslash the Trevor J. Brown Show. Also, Facebook.com backslash Inherent Dream. Our email, you can uh, send us a message anytime. Let us know how shitty we're doing. Inherentdream at yahoo.com. <laughs> and our website, inherentdream.com. We have an action packed show tonight. We have author Ashley LaRue joining us in a little bit. We have pre recorded picks from Mr. TNT, Mark Stone, and Tim Lingen for the NCAA tournament. And in studio to start off tonight, Isaac. Jensen, how are we going to get everything in? Talking about starting off in the shitter. <laughs> <laughs> we we're good to go though. We got our coffee. We're good. We're good to go. I was just uh, telling Isaac off the air. I was so pumped up. I was so excited. I got <laughs> a new creamer to try, and it's this this Rice Krispie Treats creamer. Now, normally, speaking of shitting, <laughs> these these creamers that you buy in the store. I get so excited because I'm like, oh my goodness, this is going to taste so good. And then you you get it and it's like... It's so disappointing. It's not it's not very good. It does, doesn't taste like it. It doesn't satisfy me. This is satisfying me. Well, that's a nice little change yeah. for once then, isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, how are you? Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> There's a transition. Right? How are you? <laughs> um, so, what's going on with, uh, with Jensen Sales Plus? Anything good... Uh, you have right now and anything good coming up uh coming up i just did a clean out of uh speaking beer, of shitting right to clean outs <laughs> of a beer collection Ooh! so some signs coming up some cans coming up okay and yeah a lot of old collector things from the 60s 70s 80s interesting what kind of yeah. signs uh it's got some hams got some schmidt yeah it's a lot of a lot of interesting stuff so keep your eyes open and people uh Best best go to your website to yes. to find out when yep. that stuff goes. Landing on. spot, everything will be off on the website there. So, did the cop car sell? Cop car sold and gone. Wow. Yeah. Any any more coming down the the pipe? Nothing that I know of. But okay, you never know. Interesting. Yeah. Before I forget, uh, who did you fill out a bracket? I did just this morning. Wow. So I got Gonzaga and Houston. Interesting. Yeah, with with Gonzaga winning, I just I don't like picking number one seeds, mm-hmm. but that's they're good. Yeah, they're good. I just I don't see anyone beating them. This is the first year mm-hmm. in a very long time I did not fill out a bracket. Really? What's up with that? I don't know. I just I was going to say huh. we're debuting a new segment tonight. By the way, it's called I'm Unpopular. A, I'm excited. And uh, that 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 could have been in that segment. <laughs> I know this is unpopular, right? it but is. it is. I did not fill out a bracket, and, and and I don't, I don't know why I picked Houston. I just, I I don't think I've watched more than three college basketball games all year. I just did. Part of it for me is laziness. Now I, the <laughs> yeah. last few years with the old podcast, we did 
a, a thing on like ESPN or CBS Sports yep. where people could do the brackets and then win a gift card. And I just didn't have the energy or the time yep. or the want to like <laughs> set that up, even uh-huh. though it doesn't take a lot. But I just I wasn't really in the mood for it. Yep. And then with stuff at work. I always seem to be the afterthought with people where it's like, oh, you weren't included on this email, but if you're interested, send an email to so-and-so. And and it's like, I don't care. It's just just not worth the hassle. Because here's who's going to end up winning the the office bracket pool. It's going to be some chick that has watched about 32 minutes Uh in her whole life of basketball and uh you know or it could be some dude in accounting too that's watched 32 minutes of of basketball and he or she is picking the winners based upon well i like this team name or i don't like this team name. i like cats so i pick the wild cats (laughs) right or or i like this color of uniform but i don't like this other color of uniform my cousin was born in kansas yeah or some (laughs) some some family relation there Uh i have a second cousin that lives in topeka well good for you you know it's i just i I wasn't in the mood yeah i i and i think the only reason i did fill one out because it's tradition yeah tradition but yeah i don't blame you yeah i just unpopular opinion i i uh I was been watching the games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know that's 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 part of the the fun. Yeah. I'm of course gonna watch. Yeah. But I just there, there's there's something sort of uh, what is that word liberating? Uh huh. About not being part of the crowd. Yep. Sometimes. Yep. Now I'll fill out a bracket again at some point in right. my life. Probably maybe next year. I yep. don't know. But it's like all of these people that do fantasy football yep all the time and they got like 45 different leagues and i'm just like calm down yep i was i I was gonna say that i haven't done a fantasy football team in three years it's been really nice because i just i just i just just watch football just to watch football you can go into it and on a on a sunday and be like i don't have to root for some crappy third wide receiver for the cleveland browns to get a touchdown (laughs) yeah I remember one game last year where my my teams were just disasters. And I was telling our, our buddy, Tim Lingen, that I always seem to lose in these situations. I can't remember who they were playing, but it was the Rams. And they were getting walloped on Sunday Night Football. But, of course, Matt Stafford, your twin brother, comes marching down the, comes marching down the field they get a garbage touchdown late. I lose on that garbage of touchdown. Course. I stay up on Sunday night to watch. Like, why am I watching this blowout for crying out loud? That's why. Yeah. And I lost. And uh-huh. I, I texted Tim the next day. I was like, I never win on that. Why is that? Yeah, I never win on that scenario. It's always, nope, you lose. This is just like, this is That's just fantastic. God throwing you little, little. Uh, humblers. Humblers uh-huh. where it's like. Hey, uh, this is why you don't gamble. Yep, you know, exactly. L- luckily, your twenty five dollars in this league isn't make or break you. But right. he, it's like him. It's like him saying, "This is why." Yeah, don't uh, <laughs> don't ever up the ante to like twenty five hundred dollars right. for a league buy in or or anything like that. Just keep losing your your twenty bucks every every year, and, and you'll be fine. Oh. So, all right, we got the Moron Spotlight coming up. We will also uh, debut. A brand new segment. Ooh. I was thinking about if it would be called Unpopular Opinion or Unpopular Take. We're just going to call it Unpopular. I like it. We have that. We have uh, picks 
for the NCAA men's basketball tournament from Tim Lingen. Mark Stone doing his best Dickie V impression. <laughs> we have that. Mark was so long-winded. I love you, Mark. He was so long-winded leaving the message. My machine cut him off. And so I, there, was, there was like... Switching it from the one message to the other, there was like 30 seconds of silence. I had to condense that down. But just note that uh, the machine cut him off. <laughs> Mark goes on for like three minutes. It's just gold. And then Tim gives his picks. But Stone goes on for like three minutes. Tim is like 30 seconds. <laughs> There's Tim's at the end. It's great insights for both guys, but it's oh, it's uh, they're both different. And then we have author Ashley LaRue to uh to uh cap off the evening here isaac jensen here in studio this is the trevor j brown show this is the trevor j brown show from inherent dream production company isaac jensen here in studio let's get to the moron spotlight this is more just like i don't even have like a story in front of me here it's more just riffing this one but you're, you're sitting next to the moron. <laughs> That's it. That's the moron That's spotlight it. tonight, folks. We'll be right That's back. It. No, so I was on Facebook, and uh, there's this new... I don't even know the name of the documentary. I don't even fully know what it's about. Just sort of saw it in glancing. But it's a documentary that I believe is about the national parks. Okay. The wildlife. Yep. And it's narrated by former President Barack Obama. Okay. That's the gist of, of the story, right? But I bring up those little, you know, emojis. Uh-huh. Your, rea- your reaction. Yep. That you can have when you see a story. Yep. So the first three pop up. The first one is the thumbs up. The second one is the love heart yep the third one is the angry face yep why just because it's the wrong party just because it's the wrong skin color that's that's what it is i mean let's let's just be let's just be brutally honest all right here's the deal if donald trump now this would be a weird choice to have donald trump (laughs) it really would be you know uh uh narrate Something about Any, nature. Or anything. Because he, he took away a lot of, of uh, protections uh-huh. on... on Nature, yeah. Nature, endangered species, yep. whatever. But if, if, if you wanted to have Donald Trump narrate, <laughs> or Ted Cruz, right. or Marco Rubio, or whoever, for a Republican, narrate your documentary, cool. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Right. But somehow it affects people so. Where they have to put an angry face. They have to, they, I mean, why? They have to put an angry face and they just can't, they just can't move on. They probably didn't read the article. I didn't read no. the article, but I'm not commenting on the article. I'm commenting on people's emotion. Yep. Why is that? Why? I, that is a good question. And I don't know how to answer it. This is very controversial. <laughs> This okay. next thing I'm going to say. Uh-huh. But hear me out on this. Uh-huh. Okay, because we we are a podcast for the independent thinker, mm-hmm. the thinking man and woman. We don't endorse candidates. We yep. don't say, we, we love Trump, we hate Biden, or we love Biden, we hate Trump. Like, we make fun of everybody. 
If someone does something good, we, we applaud it. So hear me out on this. World War II Germany, mm-hmm. Nazi Germany, their propaganda minister was Joseph Goebbels. Mm-hmm. Okay, this was one man that controlled the media, controlled the narrative. Yep. They made all these films about you know, comparing Jews to rats and right. terrible things. Okay. I think if Joseph Goebbels were alive today, he wouldn't be because he'd be like over 100. But if he were alive today, he would honestly love social media. Oh, yeah. Because it is a free platform for not just one man, but for millions of men and women to spread misinformation and to spread hate. And look what he did. In World War II. Without it. With, with, not, with none of that stuff. With, with none of that yeah. stuff. And now, that a, a ton of that pressure to to control the narrative would be out there. Now, it's, it would be tougher to control just the one narrative because you have all these different viewpoints. Right. But if a bunch of people get behind something, like, look at this whole stop the steal bullshit. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, oh, voter fraud, voter fraud. In a lot of these states, there were like 20 people that were charged with voting illegally and not just all for Biden. That's not enough to swing the election. No. Okay. Not even close. Not even close. In in one area in 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 Georgia it was like 12 votes or something. Right. Okay, Trump lost by like 8,000. It's close. Yep. It's very close. We can but, recount those. But not 12. But it's not 12. You know, it's not it's not it's that's not going going to turn things over. So at a certain point, you just sort of have to move on. You'd think so, uh, but but I think of I, I think of the terrible lies and the the things that like Goebbels and the Nazi Party did in in World War Two, and now I'm not comparing World War Two and the Holocaust to the Stop the Steal because, to my knowledge, Stop the Steal and all of right. that crap hasn't murdered six million people and there hasn't been a world war because of it but i'm talking merely about propaganda Mm -hmm. and if you really think about it i think there's a connection there yep i could see that but people back to the obama thing there's so much hate in the world it's it's i mean that's what a lot of i think what makes social media thrive what why does it bother you so right when when somebody that maybe you don't agree with so let's just take Let's just take the skin color out of it for a second. Mm -hmm. Okay? He's a former president. If I could get a former president on this show, huge. I don't care if it's Obama. I don't care if it's Trump. I don't care if it's Biden. I don't care if it's Bush. I don't care if it's Clinton. Yeah, it'd be great. I don't care. It would be amazing. Okay? I would have him on my show. Doesn't matter. So, he's Obama's a former president. Yep. He's very smart. Mm -hmm. He's a great speaker. Terrific speaker. Yeah, like, amazing. Like, if you were going to make a list of ten dudes that you were going to have narrate something, yep. number one, Morgan Freeman. Yep. Okay. Yep. I think Obama would probably be in a lot of people's top ten. Yep. Yep, I'd agree with that. Trevor Brown, too. <laughs> <laughs> Second to last. <laughs> Goebbels would be last. Goebbels would be last. <laughs> but, no, seriously. I mean... He he has a good voice. He's yeah. a good public speaker. Well, he he reads from a teleprompter. Oh, shut the hell up. We all read from teleprompters. You would too. <laughs> right. 
right? Let's stop acting like we're smarter. The, the dude was president of the United States. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, there's going to be people that hate on him. But oh yeah, if if you just if you just take those things, uh, he's qualified to do it. Yeah, and then some. You know, and, and but oh, not now it's over the line. Right. This country is just so racist, in it's, my opinion. Yeah, and it's. I don't think it's getting any better. I think it's actually worse. Yeah. In a way, yeah. because back in the day, now back in the day was terrible, because you had separate water fountains and right. segregation in schools and all of this stuff. But now there's a ton of people where I feel like they just have an open, open pass to come out and say whatever they want. And there are no consequences. They don't have to hide it anymore. And I think a lot of it is, too, is that they have they have these platforms to reach, I mean, the world, really. Which then they didn't really have these types of platforms to say their there hateful was, things. There was an interesting story that I saw on Fox 9 TV on the news the other night. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there was a walkout at Becker High School or what, but at Becker High School... There were members of the LGBTQ community that basically said, we're tired of the way we're being treated yep. at the school, and you need to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know if that was at a school board meeting or what, but on the school board meeting on, like, Monday night, Becker, the administration brought in some way... I don't even want to associate them with being conservative because <laughs> they're a cuckoo, KKK, whatever... But they're they're pretty much like a, an opposing viewpoint of LGBTQ. And the school board brought them in. They were at the school board meeting. Okay. So somebody approved it. <laughs> All right. What's the opposing viewpoint of somebody who tells you I'm gay? You don't believe them. Right, right, right. You're either gay or you're not. Why uh-huh. does that bother you so much? You're not gay. But oh, if somebody uh... else is gay. Right. Why yeah. is that an issue? If you if you're a trans I, I person, why if you're a trans person, then the other person doesn't believe that you should be a trans? Like I am who I am. Right. It's just it's just it's just the way it is. It is what it is. And and it doesn't mean that you're trans or it doesn't mean that you're gay. Right. Or that or you have lesbian, to change your life or that or, you have or, to change or, or anything. It's it's the same right. thing with abortion. If you don't want an abortion, you don't have to have an abortion. Problem solved. But should you tell your neighbor that they can't do it? I, I look. I'm not. I'm not for abortion. But that's my argument. Right. Is you can live however you want to live your life. If you are straight and Christian and that's what you believe, then you go ahead and believe it. No one's stopping you. Yep. But the, here's the kicker: not everybody believes in your God. Right. Not everybody believes in in. Whatever. Whatever. Whatever it so is. So you can't just assume that whatever you worship, whatever you believe, or what you don't believe is what your neighbor believes. Exactly. That bothers people so much. And it's and they, they, they live their life by it, some of them. But at the school board meeting that got kind of rowdy, I guess. And oh, they had, sure. They had on the news um, like just a segment of some like white dude standing up at the meeting. And he was told the lady that was the opposing viewpoint, you suck. <laughs> and that's all they showed <laughs> on, on on the TV. And I'm like, well, I'm glad he, you know, that was, uh, you know, pretty clean for, right. for Fox 9. But, but hey, he got his word in. He got his word in. <laughs> but what what's the opposing? That's like, um, you know, we're, we want him. And then, of course, the, the district gives some bullshit where it's like, 
we want everybody to feel safe and inclusive. And it's like, well, then you bringing in this, I mean, who's funding this? Hopefully the school board didn't bring that person in and hopefully they just... it was a plan. Somebody with power brought them in though. Cause they were planned to speak. That's, it's not like they just got up there in an open forum and were like, Hey, right. this was laying a PowerPoint presentation up yeah. and all of this stuff. So there's, there's something. If someone has more information on that, feel free to email us. We'd like to, to know more about it, but huh. it's like, well, here's an opposing viewpoint on yeah. racism. Like, hey, you're not racist, but if you are, <laughs> if you were, you'd be, you'd be like this person. It's like, uh, just because you huh. put some dumb white woman up in front of me, telling like, well, this is how we feel. Like, I don't care. Right. So what? 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 Y- y- your journey in life. This is the thing. Your journey in life is no more valuable. It's no more important than your neighbors. Right. You have no exactly. no more, you're, you're no more special. Yeah. All these people that talk about participation trophy, you guys, everybody gets a trophy. You're the ones who gave them to us. Right. And we kept them because we didn't want right, to, we didn't want to hurt your feelings. Uh-huh. It's as simple as that. We didn't ask for them. No. We didn't ask for them. So it's your parents that, that did, that did the number on you. Uh-huh. That's as simple as that. And, and then it just, it's just a trickle down from there. And, and then here we are now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Unpopular, the brand new segment, <laughs> much like this show. Right. It's next. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. The Trevor J. Brown Show. Jensen Sales Plus makes buying and selling online easy. From Craigslist to Amazon, eBay to Etsy, they do it all. Check out their website for more information, jensensalesplus.com. That's jensensalesplus.com, JSP, located in Princeton and a proud supporter of the Trevor J. Brown Show. All right, we are debuting the brand new segment. I went back and forth what we should call it, unpopular opinion, unpopular take. We're just calling it unpopular. It'll become the new motto of this show, unpopular, (laughs) the Trevor J. Brown Show. So, <laughs> I like it. That, that would actually be a good, right? a good tagline. Just me it? sitting on a toilet, <laughs> eating a bucket of chicken. You know, the Trevor J. Brown show, unpopular. unpopular. And there you go. So here's how this segment will go. And if anybody ever wants to chime in, you can email us inherentdream at yahoo.com. If it's good enough, we may uh, invite you to come on the show or leave us a message, and then we can play that on the air. So an example, I gave one in the first segment. This might be unpopular, but I didn't fill out a bracket this year, and I don't care. So here's my next one, and I'm going to warm up to my big one. Okay. Because the big one is very controversial. Okay, I'm intrigued. Uh, this might be unpopular, but I've never seen a Matrix movie, and I never plan to. What? Never seen one, two, or three. When everybody was telling me about how bad the new one is, uh-huh. I was like, you re- oh, really? <laughs> And I was trying to, like, act interested. Uh-huh. And at one point, I saw, like, Neil Patrick Harris in the trailer. Uh-huh. And I asked my brother, I was like, how's, how's uh, NPH in it? And he's like, the movie's not good. He's like, oh, I, I, I haven't seen the new one. Wasn't going to watch it anyway, so. First one is, I think, amazing. I know more. Two and three, meh. I know more facts about Matrix, but I've never seen. You know, Will Smith was originally supposed yes. to be yep. in Matrix. But I can't, he was, he got casted for another movie instead, but. I can't remember what movie, but 
probably like Men in Black or something. Oh yeah, some Wild yeah. Wild West or something like that. Yep. There yeah, was same, there was a time there was a time with Will Smith where every summer, like around Fourth of July, yep, blockbuster. It was, it was a blockbuster. Yeah, every year he had like ten years in a row where yeah. you knew when you were out of school. It was time for Will Smith, yep. and there was going to be a great movie coming out that yep. was going to be a lot of fun. So, all right, now I set the stage. Now you go. Going on the same movie genre, I never have and have no interest in seeing any of the Godfathers. Wow. Yeah. I I don't think I've seen like two or three. Yeah. I remember seeing the original, but it's been a long time. Yeah, I never, not one of them. Hmm. All right, I'm going to give you my big one right now cuz this <laughs> this one we might talk about for a, a little bit. Uh-huh. This might be unpopular, but I think the Minnesota State High School hockey tournament uh-huh is overrated. I get annoyed by it. I get annoyed it's not good hockey. It's high school hockey. Let's yep. stop hyping okay, it up. Yep. Okay, I agree with that. Let's stop hyping it up. It's high. It's I'm talking the boys tournament. It's it's high school hockey. I get tired of the. Well, we're the state of hockey. Uh-huh. Uh, we we have we get all these good players. Well, how come you never win anything? Uh-huh. How come the Gophers haven't won a title in like 20 years? The Wild have done nothing. Saint Cloud. Yeah. We got that. But yes, I think it's... I get I get tired of the hair video. Yes, that is just it's so pretentious. Yes. And look, I know I'm in the minority on this. Well, and I I had somebody say this to me. Well, they sell out the X. People go to the X for the hockey because yep. it's finally like starting to get nice out, and they need something to do. <laughs> right. It's a, it's it's that that's what it is. How many people are actually paying attention to it? I I don't I don't I don't care. For it's. I agree that it's not that good, but it's the atmosphere. It's the tradition. I like going to hockey at the X. That's my favorite. Out of all professional sports, my favorite in person is wild games. Just the atmosphere is just amazing. The wild atmosphere, I think, is better than high school hockey. But I think that's why it is such a big thing. And I do agree with you. I mean... It's not that great of hockey most of no. the time. And, and look, I'm in the minority. I yep. get that. We, we live in Minnesota. I will watch football. I watch basketball. I watch baseball. About a million more hours than I will ever watch hockey. The mm-hmm. only time that I ever watch hockey is if it is playoff hockey. Yep. Because yep. that's actually interesting. And really and good hockey. Fast pace, fast pace. I'm talking NHL hockey. Um but honestly, I watch more golf on TV. Yep. And I don't wa- watch much hockey. I mean, I do watch hockey on TV, but really not much. But have you ever been to a wild game? I've been to one. Did you like it? Uh, it was it was it was fine. I I love it. I haven't gone in a couple of years, but it's just, the atmosphere is just great. I see, and and I, I think it would be the, the ante would be upped if it was like playoffs. Yep. Oh yeah. You know, I, I the one sport that is so much better in front of the TV is football. Oh yeah, for football sure. in it's, person is yep. so like ugh. Yeah. And I know people say that about baseball, but baseball is a fat guy sport. So <laughs> I I like to watch the game, but yep. I also like to like walk around yep. and get nine hot dogs and forty eight <laughs> beers, and I don't have to just 
always pay attention to it. Right. If I'm going to go to something and I have to pay attention, there's really nothing better than basketball. Yep. Because yeah. at least there's back and forth. But I don't I don't understand people that pay to go watch soccer. Yeah. No, it's it's yeah. I don't get that. All right, it's this is just, just jogging back and forth. This might be unpopular, but I don't really think it is unpopular. I think everybody is thinking it, but nobody says it. Okay. Stop putting cornhole tournaments on TV <laughs> and stop putting uh-huh. bowling on TV. Yep. These are yep, two I sports. I, I, I agree with both of those. I forget the movie, but or it might have been a TV show, but one of the characters says, if I would do that for like a thousand hours, I think it's in the show Master of None. One of them <laughs> one of them says, well, if I would bowl for like 2,000 hours, I'd be a really good bowler. I, every time yep. on bowling, they get strikes. There's nothing different. Right. They're getting like eight, or if they don't get a strike, well, they get a turkey. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Or, you know, they got a spare or, or, or I, whatever. <laughs> Shoot me. I, I, I don't know the terminology. But when they put the cornhole on TV, it's like, oh, they got them all in. Well, that's entertaining. Shocking. Yeah. If some fat ass can do it drunk at a barbecue, um, it, it doesn't take a yep, special it's, kind it's, of it's talent. It's not a sport. And these guys, like, they're wearing their shirts with their sponsors on. It's like, it, are all these companies just... They, it just shows you right there they charge too much for their product. Uh-huh. Because if they're sponsoring right? somebody... Some for, for, for a beanbag toss. Yeah, I mean, come on. That's what it is. Right? It's ridiculous. Hit me with another. This might be unpopular, but I think it was the right call for Seattle to throw the ball. On in the Super Bowl? I do. Well, Brother Harrison's gonna be ticked now I, that you brought it up. That being said, I would have ran the ball, but everybody would have ran the ball. Well, and also Try, you trying realize... to get him off guard, it might <laughs> I think it was the right call. It was a terrible outcome for him but yeah. everybody was expecting the run well and you realize how difficult it is to run down there yeah now i forget what down it was i i want to say it was third but they were coming off out of a timeout weren't yeah. they yeah 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 so off of that timeout you probably assume all right let's i i forget the down but if it was first down let's say if you're if you're Seattle, you probably, you probably hit it on the head. If yeah. you're Seattle, you're thinking they're going to think we're going to run. Right. Everybody's so let's let's that. catch them off guard. Yeah. I didn't like I didn't like the route. Yeah. Where yep. It was like I'm going to cut in yep. and Butler those, cut them right off. Those those little short slants. I mean, you're just acting, down there, yeah, especially. Yeah. You're just acting to get asking to get picked. There's off. no room. No. For sure. What else do you got? Not much of a talking point, but Nickelback is a good band. Well, they have hits. They do. So how do you define? They're not all. In in my mind, they have enough hits to be a good band. I think people hate on them because it's a trendy thing to do, and that could very well be. But I think that they're a good band. They're not. I'm not saying all their songs are good, but they're a good band. Here's here's one for you. This this is uh, this will cause a fight for <laughs> some people. I bet this might be unpopular, but if it is unpopular in your opinion, you're an idiot. <laughs> People that think the Rolling Stones are better than the Beatles, you're you're just so mistaken. the The Rolling Stones are phenomenal. They're one of the greatest rock bands of all time. In yep. fact, they're probably if we're just talking rock and roll music, the Rolling Stones are probably the greatest rock and roll band of all time. The greatest band of all time is the Beatles. They kicked the shit out of the Rolling Stones, and it ain't even close. Uh-huh. The Rolling Stones never evolved. Yep. They're they're a rock and roll, blues riff type band. Yep. That's what they are. Take it or leave it. The Beatles, 
in their tenure of releasing albums from 1963 to 1970 evolved in in such a way that bands try to emulate and they will never come close to that can't even touch it 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 won't even come close so enough of this if i could dedicate 20 podcasts to the subject Uh it's it's as simple as that you will never find a band again that goes from their very first album with with the type of sounds on on the records like please please me to what they did on revolver and sergeant pepper and magical mystery tour to what they were doing with the white album to what they were doing on let it be and abbey road think of the change it was unbelievable the rolling stones didn't do that no and in fact they even tried to do some of it and on some of those songs they're great i love like a song like ruby tuesday yep there's not enough of that though there's not enough so I'm putting the argument to bed. I don't even think that it is unpopular opinion. No, I just I, think no, I, don't I just think, so think people don't want to fight about it. Yep. But I'm fighting about it. Damn it! It's a very controversial opinion. We've been talking about a lot of controversy tonight. How hockey's overrated. Goebbels tonight. We've been talking about Title Nine. And look, Title Nine's important. I like yep. that. But we're talking about the revenue factor. That's. But you know what? I don't think you're wrong with a lot of it. Some people will think I'm wrong, but if you listen to the show... Valid points. Yeah. We're we're about being an independent think tank. Right. You know, we're not right. We're not wrong. Well, actually, one of the best... uh, One of the best promos of all time I heard was for, like, the Max Kellerman show 20 years ago. And it was, like, Max Kellerman saying, you can call in and argue with me, but I'm going to tell you why you're an idiot and why you're wrong and why I'm right. That's fantastic. And it's like, that's that's what I feel. Like, I stopped putting stuff on, on uh, social media uh-huh. because you always have some nimwit that is wearing his John Deere hat and chewing his tobacco. And he's like, I'm going to argue with you because it's like, I don't care, dude. Like, and you know what? I just say my opinion on this show and you can email if you want. I don't have to respond to you. But here's the great thing about you listening to me. If you don't like it, you can shut it off. Yeah. Yeah. Or just skip the segment. Just skip I mean, the do segment. It, whatever. Um, this might be unpopular, but in the last year, I have sharded. Oh, tough break. So that's the tough most break. controversial <laughs> Poor Lindsay. Uh, well, she. <laughs> we might have to get her on this segment. <laughs> Right. This might be unpopular, but my husband's a douchebag. <laughs> very popular <laughs> opinion. Very popular opinion. <laughs> Appreciate uh, you coming in. Thank you, sir. Isaac Jensen tonight here on the Trevor J. Brown Show. We have picks from Mark Stone and Tim Lingen. These were recorded yesterday. So if they give you, if they give anybody uh, that's been bounced for the tournament, just note that their bracket looks terrible. <laughs> and then uh, author Ashley LaRue. You're listening to The Trevor J. Brown Show from Inherent Dream Production Company. Did you know Inherent Dream Production Company is more than just The Trevor J. Brown Show? Inherent Dream is home to Musical Acts Chairman of the Board, TNV, Trevor J. Brown, and the Food and Song Compilation Series. Albums are available now at inherentdream.bandcamp.com or stream anywhere you get your music. It's Mark TNT Stone coming to you live 
on the Trevor J. Brown Show with my second most favorite time of the year. It's NCAA Basketball Tournament March Madness, baby. And I'm going to give you my final four picks, Dickie V style. So coming in from the West, we've got the beautiful, talented, veteran-laden Gonzaga Bulldogs led by Minnesota-grown diaper dandy freshman Chet Holmgren. And the big man down low, you know, with the mustache that all the ladies go nuts for. We're talking Drew Timmy. They're going to knock off the Duke Blue Devils to get into the Final Four. Sorry, Coach K. I love you, but you're donezo. Let's go, Mark Few and the boys. Head into the Final Four. They will face out of the East region. Another team that's usually loaded with diaper dandies, but not this year, baby. No, a group of transfers into the Kentucky Wildcats and Coach Calipari. I love Coach Calipari, and I love, I love Oscar Shiribe, baby. He does everything. He's an All-American. He is a monster, a monster at the forward position, at the swing. He does everything. Severe Wheeler, too, not a bad guy to be dishing it to the big man as well. Out of the Midwest, a team that has been solid all year long. It is the Auburn Tigers. Bruce Perrell has another great team heading to the Final Four. I love what this team's doing. And you've got another diaper dandy in Jabari Smith here leading the way. Plus also the North Carolina transfer. And you know I'm crazy about Carolina with Walker Kessler. Down low making things happen, leading the team in both blocks and rebounds. He's an immovable force, baby. This twosome tandem is fantastic. Wendell Green Jr. also at the guard as well. Dishes to both of them makes it happen. So I've got Auburn knocking off the Kansas Jayhawks to get there as well. Kentucky, I am knocking off UCLA. Mick Cronin last year made a run to the Final Four that everybody did not expect. He's a great coach, just got an extension, but he's also done so to the Kentucky Wildcats. And rounding out my Final Four is a team I think everybody loves this year, and I love them as well. Tommy Lloyd in his first year has done a fantastic job with the Arizona Wildcats, getting them back into the Final Four, I believe, this year. Christian Lowe has been solid. You don't cut off Dickie B, baby. I tell you what, Christian Coloco, I was just talking about him from the Arizona Wildcats. He is an immovable force as well down low. A guy you cannot go up against. He's going to block. He's going to rebound. Kirk Kreesa is a fantastic dish man on the outside. And Benedict Matherin, his backcourt mate, makes things happen. I've got Arizona knocking off Tennessee in the Elite Eight. Two-Face Auburn in the Final Four. That's my Final Four, Gonzaga versus Kentucky. Arizona versus Auburn. I've got Coach Cal and Kentucky going to the finals against Arizona as they will knock off Auburn. It's a wildcat fest in the finals, baby. And I do believe Tommy Lloyd and the boys are just a well-balanced, deep team that are going to get it done. 72-68, Arizona cuts down the nets, baby. Hey, Trevor J. Brown Show fans, this is Tim Lingen coming at you with the 2022 men's NCAA bracket uh, picks. For the final four, I've got Duke, Kentucky, Auburn, 
and Arizona. Uh, championship game, I am going with Duke and Auburn with Duke taking it home. Good luck in the brackets, everybody. The Trevor J. Brown Show. The Trevor J. Brown Show is brought to you by In Good Hands Massage. Be sure to treat yourself to a massage and visit In Good Hands Massage in Malacca. In Good Hands specializes in all types of massage, including deep tissue, relaxation, hot stone, sports massage, and more. Book your appointment today or get your gift cards at facebook.com slash massage by Lindsay. It's our Friday evening edition of the Trevor J. Brown Show. Now, we had this person on the old podcast back a long, long, long time ago, <laughs> but she's joining us again. It's my friend and author, Ashley LaRue. Ashley, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us here on the Trevor J. Brown Show. Yes, thank you. I'm super excited. I've been waiting to come back because you're amazing, and I, I I just love everything that you do for everything. So I'm excited to be back. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It's, it's yes. good to have you back. And I, I gave you kind of a, a rundown of, of some questions um, just to see where the interview may go, but I'm going to do one off the cuff to start. Oh, oh boy. So I'm going to throw a curveball to start. So oh, you're a wife, you're a mother, you have a day job. You have pets. You're an author. Like, how do you have all this time on your hands? Like, how do you get it all done? Well, honestly, though, like, um, I, well, I've always, I'm always, I've always been like a lister. And so for me, I absolutely, I'm totally fine with all of it. Like, I'm like, okay, do this in the morning with the kids. Get ready for this. Make sure I have enough, you know, I'm able to do things with Phelan and my job and this, like, I've always been able to do that. Like, just check it off the list and it goes as well. But also it's a super cheesy saying, but like the, it takes a village. That's also so true because my family is a huge part. Like I'm talking my mom and dad, my sister my brother like all of us work together and we basically help each other with our kids and we make sure that we're always there for one another and so that really is helpful when it comes to everything else that I do in my life and so yeah I think all of that works really well together so I'm able to do it um but yeah I definitely it takes a village <laughs> with <Well>, my family <laughs> let, let's admit the biggest job of all is is a Balin, right Oh, I mean, let's, I mean, let's be real. I mean, husbands, I mean, they're basically your other child, right? Right. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. So we had you on the old podcast, but for people yeah. who may not have heard that interview, that might be new to the show, that might be new to figuring out who you are as an author. Let's mm -hmm. go back to your first book. Yep. It's called Home is Love. Yes. Tell our listeners how that book came about and, and what was the inspiration behind that? Okay. Um, well, so home is love. Okay. Well, first off, I've always wanted to write. I, that's always been very therapeutic for me. And that was always something that I love to do. And I always hoped to be an author. Um, so that was, so that was the catalyst of that. But then, um, obviously, um, then I ended up getting divorced from my first three children's father. Um, so that was kind of the main gist of that because I wanted to be able to portray to children, not only mine, I wanted to help them through the process and kind of explain to them, you don't have to choose where you live or who you love or this and that like home is love and so that was basically the point of that book but then also I thought you know what how amazing this would be to help other children going through this same situation and they don't understand they don't get why hey why are mom and dad not together why do we only why are we only with dad and why are we only with mom that type of situation so yeah so the it was basically written for my children but then from there went to hey how can I help other children or other people understand this family dynamic how did they take to to the concept of that book? Did they understand it right away? 
Well, you know, they absolutely, like, for me, I'm their mom, so, like, of course, they were just like, oh, my gosh, mommy wrote a book, and so they were super excited, and, like, and and I and I remember I said this to you in your last podcast, that, like, Charlotte, my eldest, was like, you know, she cried and was like, mommy, this is exactly how I feel, and for me, that was a win. I didn't care however else it went, whether it sold or not. I mean, of course, you want it to sell, and you want to help other people, but when she was like, this is how I felt, I was like, holy smokes, this is exactly what I wanted and needed for them um so for me that was a win right from the jumps but um yeah I was super excited about that and they loved the little hearts that I put in the book or for illustrations so they could find that and I just think it was exciting for other families then to read it after that point because they felt like they could connect to the book as well so I was really excited about that overall author and friend of the show Ashley LaRue joining us here this evening so your second book also came out last year that's called love to share what's Mm -hmm. the theme of that one well, so then that one is then, so the, the biological parents are no longer together, as I stated, and that was the first book. But then um, the mother or father finds another person to fall in love with, and then they kind of create a family and a life together. Well, then those children are, the part of the book is about, like, finding the puzzle piece to your heart and being able to share that love and not feeling guilty for being like, well, I love my step-parent too, you know? And I want kids to realize that too, that there should be no guilt in who you love and who you let into your heart, right? And so that was kind of the next part of that book, and that's why I wanted them to hopefully understand that and feel that way for anybody else in their lives that aren't necessarily biological, you know? Well, and I think that's a, that's an important message, and so is the first book because mm-hmm. so many families are different. You know, they might right. have they might come from divorce or there might be two moms or there might be two dads or there might just right. be one dad or one mom or what have you and life is so difficult to begin with where right. as long as there's love in the situation like mm-hmm. to me for for my experience as long as there's love that's all, all that matters. Life is just way too short to be like, oh, I don't know about that, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, all of those different different things. I just I don't I don't like people that judge uh, right. other other situations because every situation is is different, and you have to kind of come uh, at it with with open eyes. Well, and I also think too, it's it's interesting. It's like sometimes too, like adults are always trying to teach children but I feel like children a lot of times teach adults Mm -hmm. especially in these type of situations because again you know their father and I are divorced and it's like you could take all these grievances and be like well this is why I didn't work and you could blame each other and all this stuff but then it's like you look in the you know through the child's eyes and they go but I love this I love my mom I love my dad and so it's like even though him and I didn't work out I always try to view it as that perspective of like you know what though I will never say anything negative about their father because guess what? They love that man, Mm -hmm. you know, and they love me. So it's like, no, you guys love who you love and that, and you know what I mean? And that's a beautiful thing. And I don't want that to ever, you know, be taken away from their heart, you know? So that's why I always make sure that that's, you know, the point is about love, (laughs) you know? Ashley LaRue, friend of the show and a local author joining us here this evening. Before we continue on with the interview, I do want to promote your website to our listeners. And uh, this is where the, uh, they can get copies of your books and keep up with your events. Foxpointpublishing.com backslash author dash Ashley dash LaRue. Or just go to Fox Point Publishing and you'll find her there as well. So uh, lots of good stuff there. So I know I asked you this last time, but overall, what what was some of your biggest inspiration to start writing books? Like that's taking a huge chance. Like I, I mentioned... To start on the podcast, you have a day job. You, you, you recently, you know, you got divorced. Now you're remarried. Mm-hmm. You have you have children. 
mm-hmm. you, your wife, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, there's a lot of things to take on. And then it's like, Hey, I'm going to start writing books too and become a poet, you know, you know, and, and be an author and, and, and all of this, this cool stuff. And, and yeah. I guess what was the inspiration and what made you go for it? Well, uh, you know, and again, I know we mentioned that we touched base on this already at the beginning of the interview, but like my main thing was, this is something I always wanted to do. And I guess for me too, I, I want my children to realize anything that they want to do or that they they believe in themselves enough to do, it's like I want them to try that. And that was, again, that was something I always wanted to do was to be an author and to, you know, I, I always felt like I was good at it and it was very therapeutic. And if I could help people through my writing and if that's my legacy and I can, I mean, yes, of course, I teach my children lessons and, you know, things like that. But it's like that to me is kind of a fun legacy to leave behind too is like to say, hey, mom, mom wrote these books. She helped people through her words. And I guess that was really my main point. And like I said, I, I just, I wanted to show my kids that you can do anything you put your mind to. And so I guess it was always been one of my dreams off my bucket list. And so that was basically what I did. And like I said, I found, I found these guys and they ended up loving my manuscript and the whole thing. And of course the rest is history, <laughs> but like it just, it all ended up working out well together. And of course the kids love that the first book's dedicated to them. So of course they're always like, Oh, we're in a book too. <laughs> you know, like, they're so funny, but, um, no, so I just, yeah, that was basically my main thing is I just, I wanted to be able to say, I did this, I accomplished it. And guess what, you guys, mommy had all these, like you said, I have all these other things that I'm doing in my life, but this is something that I can carry on through you guys. And and again, my main thing is to help other people. And if I can help young children, especially when they're young, to realize like love is the most important thing and they can, you know, build from there and be the best adults they can be. I, that's, I'm, that makes my heart so happy. <laughs> I'm full of joy. You mentioned an interesting word legacy. And yeah. when I do the podcast or I do a song or a record or, or whatever, yeah. my whole concept is I'm not going to get rich doing it, but if it can touch mm-hmm. one person or if it can affect one thing, that's all I want. And I remember one, one, uh, album a couple years ago, I did one band that I really enjoy that we've had on the podcast before Capital Sons, Carl from Capital Sons, uh, talked about one of the albums that I did. And he's like, we had it on Sunday morning. It was so relaxing. It was so great. Yeah. He bought it. And I was like, that's the one person, like if no one else likes my music and everyone else says like, man, this is terrible. That's fine right. because it touched the one person. And I assume you kind of feel the same way about your books. Like if it, if I touched your kids first off, so that's mm-hmm. amazing. But if, if it has a positive effect on one other family or one other kid or one other mom or, or what have you, like that's mm-hmm. a huge win that has to make you feel really good. Well, and, and like I said, that, that to me is the main thing. And, the, and and I know I mentioned this another time, but like, that's why even the illustrations in the stories or in the books is the, it, there are a bunch of different family dynamics. It's, it's, you know, there could be two moms, there could be, it could be Hispanic, it could be African-American, it could be white, it can be all these Asian, I mean, whatever the case is, I just want whoever sees and reads this book to, like I told like, like I already said, that they can relate mm-hmm. and that it's not, you know what I mean? That's not just a whitewash, like, oh, this is just my, only my family can relate to this mm-hmm. story. You know what I mean I wanted multiple families and to really get like because I, I mean and it's I know some people think it's sad but like a lot of families are like that now where their parents aren't together anymore right mm-hmm. and so I just it's becoming more common and it's like okay those kids that are confused and they don't understand it's like again like you just said it doesn't matter if I get rich off of this if this is what my legacy is is like hey mom wanted to help people and through her words and through her stories she was able to do that that is 100% all I ever wanted to do in my life and like I said, if that's, if I'm, if that, if I can accomplish that, then 
I mean, c'est la vie. Like, I am so, I'm super, super excited and happy to, you know, like I said, that be my legacy. Well, you know, we took French together. You're speaking French now. It's more, <laughs> more than I've spoken in the last 10 years. So I'm glad that stuck with you. Uh, I mean, something. <laughs> yeah. Ashley LaRue is our guest. Uh, so you recently got to read at a couple of the local elementary schools here in central Minnesota. Yeah. Did, did you have nerves? I mean, are you a good public speaker reader or were you, uh, were you kind of jittery? I guess like, how did you prepare for it? Did you have to? Um, well, I mean, it's, you always kind of prepare. I mean, you know, like I did theater and I mean, I did speech and for, like, I mean, I, I've always loved this kind of stuff. This has always been like something I've always been comfortable with. I don't get nervous. I get more excited mm-hmm. than anything. You always practice because you don't want to, you know, you want to be prepared, you know. Um, but it was funny because so I, I read for the second grade class, you know, um, in Zimmerman, or at Zimmerman Elementary for my daughter Charlotte. And they were, I was not expecting some of the questions. Like, I guess I was thinking of me in second grade and I didn't think we were that deep. But some of these <laughs> kids were like, this one kid was like, so do you, now I have a question for you. How often do you get paid? I mean, is this monthly or how does this work? And I'm like, Jeez. oh my. Yes. Yeah. And then this other girl goes, so what's your process? How do you go through this? I mean, if you make a mistake, what happens? Do they, you know, have to rewrite it for you? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> wow. I mean, this other kid was like, so do you, are you actually going to pick up her in the, in like the actual parent pickup line? Like, are you like, out like I was famous or something. Like I have yeah. a chauffeur do it. And I'm like, no, no, I will be picking her up this <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> that, I, I think back to like second grade and my question to you would be like, um, Why'd you, why'd you pick the color purple for the shirt? <laughs> right. Well, and then, but then that's what's so funny. So, like, the second grade was that. But then my son, Lewis, I went to his preschool, uh, Cornerstone Christian Preschool. And they were a lot more, they were into the pictures. Yeah. And they were more like, 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 kind of, like I said, the point of each book was find the hearts, find the keys. And then the next one will be, or, I mean, find the puzzle piece. So the next one in that the one in summer will be finding keys, things mm-hmm. like that. And um, so they were really interested in that. And they still ask questions like, how did you come up with the ideas? But yeah, they were a lot more, um, you know, the simplistic, you know, four-year-old, five-year-old, like, yeah. how did you figure this out? You know, so, um, and then Emily and Lily, my little ones, they obviously don't want to go to school yet. So I just read to them and they just are excited sure. <laughs> to read a book. So, <laughs> so you, is your third book, I know it's coming out later this year. Is it, is mm-hmm. it done? Are you still working on it? Yeah, so um, it's been so busy, and everything's been so backed up with everything going on in the world and everything. So actually, I finished my book last month, and I sent it in, and the manuscript, everything's done with the actual book. But my illustrator won't be able to start uh, drawing the pictures until like May-ish or, you know, a little bit after that. So yeah, the actual book is done, and it's edited, the whole shebang. Um, But yeah, I just have to wait for the illustrations. And we want to, we're making this like a trilogy, this like kind of a series. And so, yeah, that's why we, you know, for sure we want to have her. And she's super talented and amazing, too. Um, so we want to make sure the pictures are the exact same as the other ones. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so the next one is called Love Until Forever, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Can you give us any any clue as to what uh, what this third one is about? Yeah. So it kind of, like I said, it kind of is, sums up the whole shebang. So, like, the um, it basically is um, the main the the main thing of the story is that the mom ends up, you know, remarrying and they have a stepfather. Well, then they end up having a baby themselves. Mm -hmm. And so this third story then is to kind of explain to the children, like you each have a unique, beautiful, special key to our hearts. And just because we created this child together, doesn't, that doesn't negate our love for you or that we have a stronger love or bond with this child. You know what I mean? And so it, it is the mom and the stepfather speaking to the children as if like, Hey, 
we love you all in your own unique way. It's not the same love, but it's a special love for mm-hmm. each of you. Is that, so. a, you know, this is kind of more of a in-depth personal question. Mm-hmm. You don't have to mm-hmm. answer it if you don't want to, but mm-hmm. is that a tough parenting thing to go through? Um, well, luckily, I mean, I shouldn't say luckily, but my children, my first three were um, young enough when their father and I divorced that they, I guess their life, they're used to this life. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's not like they were 10 or 12 and we yeah. divorced and they're like, what is this? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And have like this angst about it. They kind of are, this is how life has been, but it still is very, to me, a sensitive top- topic in this fact that luckily they all love each other. They don't look at it as, well, you're this person's kid or that I'm mm-hmm. this person. They, they don't look at it that way. They love all of their siblings. They love, you know what I mean? They're all the same in the fact of you're part of my family, you know, and that's beautiful. Um, and so, but I, I, I still want to make sure that I'm always teaching them that mm-hmm. is that, you know, there shouldn't be a difference in the fact that we love you all exactly for who you are and you're all our family. We're all family. We're all, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's luckily they do all understand that, but I still want to always explain that to them in a way that they never forget that you know what i mean that they're we're all we all love each other so, and so you mentioned love until forever this is kind of the the cap on on the, this trilogy mm-hmm. of books mm-hmm. do you see yourself sort of staying in that lane of, of children's books do you want to keep writing or would you like to maybe branch out in in the future and and maybe do like a young adult novel or mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that Right. And, um, yeah, that's actually, like I said, I really, if you're able to help people, I, to me, the, the best age is that young child who, you know, to try to like help them learn and understand things when they're little like that. So then hopefully as, you know, like I said, as they grow up and then they turn adults, they can then teach that to other people themselves. But yeah, I, I, I feel like a part of me too, since, like I said, I feel like writing has been a really good catalyst for me and like has been therapeutic i feel like my next step if i were to go branch outside of family dynamic and children would be young adult or preteen things like that because again that's such an intense age mm-hmm. where sometimes things are so overwhelming that th- that age group they don't know like what do i do what do i do where, where do i go from here and i hope that if i'm able to help young children i could help that like age group as well and that you know what I mean that if they're going through struggles that like I said I know I wrote some intense poetry and other things when I was younger that I'm like hmm maybe I can relate to that group and hopefully help them if they're going through struggles as well and it's crazy how some of those things that you read and you do when you're younger come back when you're Mm -hmm. older um I I went through that in the last month where I was trying to remember around Christmas time there was this book that we read in school in third grade and it was a world war ii type book and it was something with stars in the title and i kept trying to like type stuff into google and figure it out and then i figured like i I finally found it and it's called number the stars by lois lowry and i had to buy it because i remember sitting in mrs nystrom's class and reading that and it was just so powerful and i as a 35 year old dude i had to like Mm reread it because it just you know it's a it's a children's book it's written more for young adult young you know teen what have you but that had an impact on me at that time and i look at wow i read something like that when i was in third grade and now i read like heavy hitting world war ii stuff today and i'm it just it's it's kind of interesting to be like well that was probably how that started and you became interested in that so um yeah i mean there's there's so many different avenues you could go with it it's all very exciting i just I just right. I, I feel like you just wrote your first book and now you're already gonna have your third book later this year. It's just it's absolutely incredible. Congratulations right. on all the success. Well, thank you. They, well, and I said 
met you on your first podcast where it's like, I mean, same thing. It's like just, it's so crazy to know, like, we've known each other for so many years. We went to school together, the whole thing. And just seeing even the things you've done, like, have been absolutely amazing. And, like, you inspire me, too. And so it's like, that's what's so great being able to kind of you and I just talk about different um, goals and dreams that we've had and that we, they've actually come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And like you said, that we're doing it also not just for ourselves, but to hopefully better other people's lives or to help in any certain way. And so I think, like you said, it's not even necessarily about the money. It's the fact that if we're able to help other people, it's a beautiful, amazing thing. And if that's our legacy is being like, hey, this to me might be a small thing, but it could be a huge thing to somebody else's life or it could help someone's life to even save it. I mean, to me, yeah. that's absolutely incredible. And that's the whole point of it all. <laughs> well, and I'll, I'll share this too, is is and this, this goes for people listening that are our age or older or, or even younger. There's a lot of times where like, I have all these like ideas or you may have these ideas or our listeners may have these ideas and you don't know how to start them or you go to a place and they're like, Nope, that will never work. Nope, that won't work. Well, at a certain point you get tired of hearing no. And you're like, screw this. This is a good idea. Uh This is a good concept. This is a good idea for a book. This is a good idea for a podcast or a song. And you just right. do it and you do it yourself right. and it's hard. You know, you have to put a lot of work into it. But at the end of the day, don't ever let somebody tell you like, no, that idea is a dumb idea. Or if right. you believe in it enough, like do it and, and just take right. the initiative. But it, it is a long road. But don't don't oh, don't just rely right. don't just rely on somebody else to give you the golden ticket and the path and say, well, here you go, because a lot of times you're going to meet resistance. Right. Well, right. And, 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 you know, like I said, I mean, writing these books and stuff, again, it may, like, I remember I cried when I first read, you know, the first book, you know, to my, my children, because it's like, it just meant so much to me. And it like, and just seeing their pride in me as their mom, like, oh my gosh, like, that's just so overwhelming and amazing. And same with just my family, but just knowing that, you know what, I did this. Like, I set my mind to something. I believed in myself. And like you said, even if let's say one person's like, nah, that's not good enough. It's like, you keep going Mm -hmm. and you'll find, you'll find that door that you can open and you'll be able to do, you'll be able to do it. And it's like, so if you find that pride in yourself and you can do it, it's mean, it's so amazing. (laughs) Like, it's a brilliant feeling and I absolutely love it. And I just hope everybody can, you know, be able to do that, you know, one day. I'll leave you with this question. How the hell are you so positive all the time? concept but a lot of crazy things have happened to me in my life um things that a lot of people i think if they if it would have happened to them they'd go i'm done i'm mm-hmm. throwing in the towel this is too hard this is negative but i guess the way i look at it as okay this was thrown in my way and i defeated it i conquered it and i became stronger after it so how can't you be like okay if i was able to do that and overcome it and be the best like best version of myself there's going to be even more like there's going to be better and there's going to be brighter and stronger. And you know what I mean? I guess, mm-hmm. I, I guess that's the only way you can look at it, I guess, in my opinion, because if you're able to defeat those demons and come out stronger and better, I mean, I guess I, that's the way I look at life is it's just like you conquered this and you, you were able to, to see the light and you found that light and it's like, kind of like the rainbow and the, the pot of gold at the end of it. <laughs> you know? well, and so, yeah, it's a great way to look at it because we've, negativity will just bring you further and further down the rabbit hole and well right right exactly and i think i mean i think doubt negativity any all that stuff all that is is just yeah it is it's just negativity and it bogs you down and it's like why Mm -hmm. i mean life is such a beautiful thing and yeah there are negative things of course but like i said anytime you conquer those things 
there's that positive, you know, at the end of the tunnel, it's like, there's that light and that beauty. And it's like, that's what I want to be for other people, whether it's my family, myself, I just, I, that's what I want to be for other people. And like I said, I've gone through some really uh, intense harrowing things and it's like, and I found the other side and I know if, if I was able to do that with some of the really intense things that's happened to me, I know everybody else can. And I just hope that if they can't see it, that I can hopefully shine that light for them and that they can find that. Ashley, I appreciate your time. And uh, when the new book comes out later this year, we'll be, uh, we'll be sure to have you back. Well, thank you so much. As always, you are just exceptional. And I thank you for your time as well. And seriously, you are one of the best people. And <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> thank you so much. Author Ashley LaRue joining us here tonight. Her book, uh, Home is Love. Also her book, Love to Share, out now. You can get them at Fox Point Publishing. That wraps it up for this edition of the Trevor J. Brown Show. We are off next week, but we return April 1st. That's no joke. We're back in April for, uh, for, I know you'd laugh at that, (laughs) for for a brand new new, uh, string of shows as we uh, enter our spring season. We'll talk to you then. Have a great weekend. This has been the Trevor J. Brown Show. The opinions expressed on this show do not express the views of staff, management, or sponsors of Inherent Dream Production Company or streaming services where the show may be heard. The Trevor J. Brown Show is produced by Inherent Dream Production Company.